Hi, and welcome to RevOps Unboxed, the podcast that dives into the world of revenue operations, brought to you by me, Sandy Robinson, in partnership with the Revenue Operations Alliance. Each episode, we'll be unboxing the best practices, strategies, and real stories of revenue operations practitioners to help you optimize revenue operations, grow and scale your organization. On this episode of RevOps Unboxed, I talked to Mallory Lee, who is the Vice President of Revenue Operations and Business Operations at Nihilus. Mallory brings us some great insights around building a revenue operations team and how being a mom really is a superpower when it comes to revenue operations. She's really gonna give us some great insights. Welcome to the show. All right, hi everyone. I'm Sandy Robinson, your host of RevOps Unboxed. Today I have with me Mallory Lee. She's the Vice President of Revenue Operations and Business Operations at Nihilus. I'm so excited to be talking to you today, Mallory. Uh, Thanks for coming to the show. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. Well, great. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about what you do, your role at Nihilus, and a little bit about your background. Yeah, yeah, happy to. So I've been at Nihilus for a year now, which is just crazy to think how fast it flew by. Um, But I've been working in technology companies for um, about 15 years at this point, which is kind of insane. And I started in marketing, marketing operations specifically. Um, I started as an analyst. So just running a thousand Salesforce reports every day, learning about the business, learning about return on investment. Um, that evolved into a variety of marketing operations roles. And then I was a marketing leader for a little while. So I had a couple of different marketing teams at startups under my belt. Um, and then eventually I started having a family And I was doing consulting for marketing operations and marketing automation specifically because I had a stint at Pardot. So worked a lot with Mm. Pardot clients, um, demand gen consultant. And I kept working with these companies that would want to hire me. So I would go work at the consulting client company for a little while and then have another kid and then consult again for a (laughs) while and go back full time. So We did that dance for a little bit. And um, when I went back to work full-time for good, that was at Terminus. And Terminus was my first foray into um, the official revenue operations about four years ago. And they already had the unified RevOps umbrella sort of like model in place. Um, So that was, it was really neat for me to be able to see that right away, to understand the value of it. Um, came in doing a lot of analysis and strategic support, and then eventually um, jumped in and took over that RevOps team. So that's where I learned everything about what I needed to do with sales and customer success, and now bringing all of that to Nihilus and adding the business operations on top. Wow. Wow. That's quite a journey. That's a lot. And I love just the story of starting out on the marketing side. So this is definitely, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of paths to get to RevOps. I think when I talk about people and marketing operations is a critical path, right? Because when we think about the customer journey, that's the beginning of the customer journey. And I I just love everything that you said in in the idea of all the consulting and the expertise you've definitely picked up along the way and being able to be flexible as a mom uh, in, in doing this uh, throughout your journey. So I think that is, 
that is pretty awesome. Yeah, I would say um, nonlinear for sure. (laughs) I've heard a lot about that lately. Um, You know, just career paths that don't necessarily follow the standard norm. And I think that we all have to kind of embrace that, but it's been great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I have a sales background and one of the things that was appealing to me when I was approached to moving into, at the time, the sales operations world was the whole idea of less travel because I had a newborn and Mm. I was on the road a lot as a sales leader. I was constantly traveling with my reps and coaching them. So I can definitely relate to, uh, to having a, you know, everybody has a different journey. Um, I wanted to touch on the business operations aspect. So as a RevOps leader, uh, you know, that to me, it does go hand in hand, but is it is a different function. So can you tell me a little bit about how you approach that and how that works for you at Nihilus? Yeah, we started that up this year. And, you know, at first, I think it was more just about OKRs and getting them, you know, set up and having them be something meaningful in the organization. A lot of people do OKRs, but they're just going through the motions and, they may not really rely on them um, as that path to prioritization or success. So we wanted to get a good foundation for OKRs this year. We worked through that. And then also for us, business operations includes a little bit of cross-functional project management just for, you know, projects that touch literally every single department, Um, having that oversight and just kind of guiding projects along, I think, is one of the other aspects, but I look forward to seeing how that continues to grow, um, maybe expanding into some of the data and analytics world, just getting more entrenched there, combining that with operations in the future. That's interesting. So do you have different folks on your team that focus in those areas? So in terms of a business ops analyst, and then somebody who is, you know, maybe you could Tell me a little bit about how you structure that. Yeah, so right now I'm pretty much our only business ops headcount, if you will. So mm-hmm. I, I like to joke that I have a, a day job and a night job and <laughs> right. business ops is the night job, right? Um, but then we've got a dotted line into our CEO's chief of staff. He's a wonderful guy named Alan. And um, the rest of the team is dedicated to RevOps areas. And so we've got um, sales and customer success operations, and we've got um, two people in that world, and then marketing operations, two people in that world, and two people addressing systems and Salesforce. So we're kind of a, a leaner team, but we're organized in a way that allows us to move quickly. So it's been great. Leaner team. I think uh, I think a lot of folks would be like, wow, we'd wish we had a person for each one of those functions. I know uh, as as companies grow and scale, uh, you know, and then and then obviously it depends on the the company and the stage and the size and everything. Uh, But what what kind of advice would you give to people who are setting up a RevOps function and, you know, kind of how they're looking at that in terms of the, you know, if you have a a small headcount or, you know, if you're able to build a bigger team, like where, how did you approach it? And like, where would you recommend people focus? 
Yeah, I think focusing on how you want your group to really be threaded through the organization is an important way to propose the team structure. Um, So we have, you know, some more senior people that are aligned directly with our sales managers and our marketing directors. And you really do want to have a little bit of parity in the seniority of those tiers, in my opinion. So when you're looking to set the team up, I would always be really upfront that, hey, I need a sales ops person who can um, work directly with your sales directors and go toe to toe with them and debate you know, <laughs> the sales process and bring the data, bring the insights and um, explaining to people how you want those relationships to work. First of all, that's going to set good expectations for the people you hire and the people that you're supporting. But I think it also gives you that justification for the reason that you want to build the team out the way you do. Um, And so I'm a big fan of just setting expectations and trying to um, to live up to them. But, you know, smaller teams that are truly a team of one or two, I think that is the toughest place to be where you start to get that label of system admin, because Mm -hmm. the only thing you do is you have time to keep the lights on. You have time for maybe one other strategic project and not much else. Um, So that, you know, I truly do like, I remember that and empathize and, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to say no to the right things in that situation in order to make it evident to people that you don't have enough support. For sure. So it's, it's proving out that you need, you need more support, but also, I think the challenge and really in, in any RevOps function is, is that shift from you're the help desk admin versus the advisory uh, bringing insight. So I really like what you said about having a sales ops person who can actually have the communication skills and hold their hold their own a little bit with the sales leaders so they can actually proactively bring insights and say, here's the why. Why do you need to do that? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, definitely found a lot of truth in what you're saying, because there has to be that communication skill, that collaboration, particularly as, you know, depending on how your reporting structure is, right? If you're, if, you know, obviously sales manager is not reporting to you, so there's always going to be a little bit of friction. Then you have the the marketing leader and things like that. So we all know that is the the day-to-day struggle. And I, you know, (laughs) something you said earlier about, the balancing act and and we were even talking before the before we started recording is that this idea of the balancing act and being a mom and running revenue operations i think there's a lot of key learnings and insights there so i would just love to hear your thoughts on that and just just share some you know some maybe things that are near and dear to your heart about that Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really fun topic and, um, you know, timely, I would say at this time of year, like, you know, we're recording during the Christmas season, but when we take this live, it might even be the beginning of the year and and planning season. And you're trying to kick off and plan at the same time. And, um, when everything is crazy, I think, you know, the chaos just reminds you how important it is to stay organized and balanced and, I do love just working moms in general. I love the idea of, um, you know, being able to have it all and and have both, but we all know how hard it is. And 
I like to think that moms are really well situated for these operational types of jobs because it does require um, so much planning and organization and RevOps especially is such a relationship game. Um, and I think moms are really good at that too. So whole bunch of reasons I think that the best operators are uh, working moms. I hear that. And it's funny you said the whole, uh, you know, holidays and balancing. We're traveling right now and my son is in the yeah. other room working on some of his things. My husband's out in the in the kitchen on his computer and we're all kind of making it happen. Right. And there's there's just a lot. Yeah. There's always a lot going on and you have to. Uh, be able to prioritize and balance and and things like that. And you know, a lot of times people ask me, well, how do you how do you do all these extra things? I'm like, you just you just figure it out. You just do it because that's that's what moms do. <laughs> so I just I just love that. And yeah. then I love how um, you know, you 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 talk about this and and just really you've built your career to support how you're going to operate with your family. Just from what you said earlier about your yeah consulting roles and taking jobs, you know, part-time here and there and doing what you want to do. So that way you're prioritizing your, uh, you know, being a mom, your family, your children, and all the things that, that we do as moms. So I just, I just think that's great. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Thinking back to the beginning of it, it was kind of insane at first because, you know, I, had our first son. I said, I want to stay home. I want to at least try it out, but I want to keep my foot in the door. I want to keep my network. And so I continued consulting with the employer that I was at right before I had Grayson. And, um, at first it was easy because, you know, they sleep all the time. So mm -hmm. I would work during nap time and I was doing just fine. It wasn't very hard to juggle it because I wasn't working that much. And then number two came along and I was still trying to juggle um, basically not having childcare, like being a full-time stay-at-home mom and being a part-time consultant. <laughs> and it didn't take very long for me to figure out that that was just not possible anymore. So, you know, um, I was feeling like I was trying to do both on my own and something had to give. So that's when we started to bring in like a babysitter part-time mm -hmm. so that I could do the part-time consulting. And there's this give and take of, you know, how much are you earning consulting versus paying the babysitter mm -hmm. versus keeping your network warm. There's so many different reasons to um, continue working part-time if you do intend to come back to the workforce. So that was something I knew that I wanted to plan ahead for was First, it was like just in case. And then later I decided that um, it was tough being pulled in so many directions. And I felt like I wasn't succeeding very well at either priority of, you know, being a stay at home mom and being a consultant. Um, and so eventually that led me to going back full time mm -hmm. and having that full time childcare and that really allowed me to feel like I was fully present in both roles at the right time. Because when I was at work, I was at work. Um, I was even going into an office back then. I was at Cheetah Digital. And so it was very easy for me to leave the house and change my focus to being at the office. Um, and then when I got home, I was able to kind of try to put the work away and, and really just focus on babies at that point. 
it's definitely an important point that you're you don't you know it's hard to be in both worlds at the same time right so you want to have your focus on one and you know like yeah. I, I make i make time for my son you know consciously and i'm trying not to be on my phone we'll go to lunch and uh but sometimes it it, it is difficult and I, you know i just want to point out as because i think a lot of women face this when they they are ready to have children you're you chose to because you wanted to stay relevant you want to stay up to speed you want to keep your network growing to take the mm -hmm. consulting angle and i think um i think that is it's definitely a good strategy to to do and i think you know we just have to think of this stuff because I mean, not everybody wants to see a blank spot on the resume. I know people post about it and they say, you know, I, I hired this person who had five years off because they stayed home as a mom. But how much money are you leaving on the table? Because now, you know, you've you've been out of it. So it's it's this whole struggle of like mm -hmm. a fear, right? You don't want to you don't want to lose your edge, but you want to be a great mom. And so I think for yeah. everybody's path is different and how they solve for that. But I just really appreciate you sharing that and hopefully this will just kind of bring some light for folks and uh also for you know women who are thinking about having children or have them and just know that you're not alone it it's uh it's definitely <laughs> a balance and a Absolutely. huge huge skill set that uh definitely applies to revenue operations so uh i you know yeah. I, I have a bunch of new hires and i i call them all my baby birds right because we're you know we're kind of <laughs> yes. onboarding and you know we hired a whole bunch at the same time and uh, I'm doing the onboarding and training and enablement side myself. And then I have some folks on my team are focusing more in like the sales ops and marketing ops side. So uh, kind of how you're yeah. you know, doing the biz ops uh, in, in dividing there, but it's definitely a skill set. So uh, I, I love it. And maybe you can share if you have any stories or tips for listeners or some insights you'd like to share. Love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so for us, like we have three little boys. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes I'm trying to talk to all three of them literally at once. <laughs> They're all having a conversation with me and it's three different conversations at the same time. Right. Um, and I have to ask them to pause and like, let's have one conversation at a time. And that way they can get that undivided attention. And, you know, I think that that reminds me of all the different departments that we support as revenue operators. Like if you're not supporting sales and marketing and customer success, and maybe even product, you're not getting the complete picture of the customer journey. Um, so the thing I love the most is supporting multiple departments, but it's also uh, similar in the sense that they all have their own priorities they all want to talk to you about their specific pain points because that's their full-time thought process. Your CS team is thinking about customer success full-time. And it's not always easy to convey to that team that you're thinking about them part-time. And so I think as like as moms and as just good RevOps practitioners, we want to make each department feel like we are thinking about them just as much and planning for them. And so that's why I like having the dedicated um, headcount, you know, in the RevOps department that can really 
be part of that team. Um, so, you know, my marketing ops people, they go to the marketing offsites mm-hmm. and my sales ops person, you know, they go to the sales offsites and they join those teams for the meetings and they can really be part of that department. Um, but I think it's, it's about active listening and giving people attention and building trust and relationships. Um, you really want them to feel like when you're talking about their world, you're listening to them. And then you're also bringing in the perspective of the other departments to help them see how all of those pieces are connected. That's so important. And just making sure that they get that you get them and that you're here to help, mm-hmm. but also to kind of put the bigger picture together. So I I just, and, and having them part be part of the team, involved in their team meetings, go to the offsites, that is something that I think I don't know if everybody does that, but I I think that really goes a long way because anytime, especially if you're in a remote company, anytime you're going to an offsite, you're in person, there's so much time to really bond and get to know each other and build that trust and build those relationships because that is just such a critical part of the job. Uh, It's hard to be heard and to provide valuable knowledge if you don't really have that relationship and build that trust. Yeah. Absolutely. We were joking about this just yesterday, um, actually. So another little mom twist, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You may have, you may have a child, let's say they're a little bit older and they have a choice they want to make and you don't agree with this choice, but Mm -hmm. you want to see how it turns out. Right. (laughs) And it's nothing dangerous. It's nothing that's going to like, you know, hurt them. Um, but maybe you go ahead and let them make a choice so that they can see that it might not turn out the way they expected it to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done that in RevOps. Mm-hmm. I've seen that work well as a way to build trust with people. And we were joking about it yesterday because we had an idea that was brought to us by the sales team. It was an idea that none of us in RevOps liked. And we were pretty honest about it. We're like, oh, this we don't like this. Not scalable, not the right way to do it. Are you really sure? (laughs) This is a band-aid, you know? And they said, yeah, we're sure, we're sure. And so we went for it because we wanted to show that mutual trust and respect. And like, yes, we will hear you. We're not here to say no. We're here Mm -hmm. to find the right solution. And um, I would say that happened probably five or six months ago. And Mm -hmm. Just this week, um, we talked to the sales leaders and we reversed that decision because Mm -hmm. it just ended up not working the way that they expected. Um, The team is small and nimble enough right now that it felt kind of unnecessary. And so they came and said, you know, yeah, let's let's go ahead and undo that thing. (laughs) And so, you know, as a as a RevOps team, we're kind of laughing at each other and saying like, well, you know, now they understand and Mm -hmm. that builds trust that helps them see like, okay, we, we did kind of advise against something. We gave it a shot just Mm -hmm. to make sure we were open-minded. Um, but in the end, you know, we still kind of, we still kind of went with that best practice, um, at the end of the day. So learn the lessons, right. That's a, that's a great story. And 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 the fact that you're not going like nanny nanny poo poo, I told you so, right? So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 huge because they're gonna feel comfortable to come back to you and um you know try different things. And I think that's important because you're just with any leadership development, because you're you're gonna learn from 
things that don't work or you should learn, you shouldn't keep doing them. Right. So it's a, it's a definitely a very effective uh, leadership path. So uh, kudos to you on that. Uh, So as we wrap up here, I'd love to, if you had, you know, a couple of, you know, key insights or tips that you'd love to leave people with, like kind of your, your mantra, how you operate, uh, if you could share that, that would be great. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if this is taboo or not, but I've always loved this word of like hustle. And um, I used to have a picture on my wall that said hustle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would always compliment me on it. And um, then I think once everything got crazy with COVID and we were at home and we were all just kind of at 500 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, the hustle culture kind of got a bad rap and it was right. like, hold on a minute. Do we really need to like always be hustling? Is that, is that really what we want to do? Or should we achieve a little more balance? Um, and as a mom, I think for myself, like hustle just works for me. I have to get my kids out the door and I literally tell them to hustle. I'm like, come on, <laughs> let's go. We got to move. <laughs> Um, to get somewhere on time, (laughs) getting anywhere on time with three boys is like difficult, right? Um, (laughs) but the core value that we have at Nihilus that I would say is similar, but by a different name is called unstoppable. And Mm -hmm. so just having this mindset of being unstoppable and not being deterred by, um, you know, missed expectations or, or confusion or ambiguity and just continuing to press on. I think having that level of determination is a great way to continue to grow your career, continue to show people that you're going to show up for them every single day. And um, people look for that in, in leadership and in partnership. That is amazing. Unstoppable. Well, thank you so much, Mallory, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed the discussion. Thanks for tuning in to RevOps Unboxed. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.